Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your hosts, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, we dive into the lesson for Sabbath, May 23, exploring creation, Genesis as the foundation, part one. So let's start at the beginning, creation. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word. Together, we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, welcome everyone, and glad to be with us. Uh, glad to be with you today. Creation Genesis as Foundation, uh, Part One, and here it starts with a very important text, John chapter one, one through four. Says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. John chapter one, one through four, New King James Version. Well, here we are at the beginning. Yes, we are. <laughs> and there's no greater uh, part to Scripture than. Uh, the very beginnings where we find our origins. And it's kind of interesting that on a quarter on how to interpret scripture that we spend two weeks actually going over Genesis and creation, uh, which, by the way, our listeners may be interested to know that in church history, at least, there has been more written about this one chapter of the Bible than any other single chapter. Wow. OK, I didn't know that. Like I said, you learn something new every day you sit in Campbell's presence. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you know, but uh, I love what you brought, brought there because this is one of the foundations of Christianity, it of is. believing in God as creator. Yeah. Right. You know, and the creation is what gives meaning and purpose. And, and so in a world in which we kind of, a lot of people are wondering, is there meaning and purpose? The Bible is crystal clear on that topic. Yes, it is. And speaking of crystal clear, let's get straight into it. In the beginning, and it talks about Genesis 1, verse 1. Can, can you read that for us, Michael? Sure. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay. Now, it just asks a simple question. What deep truths are revealed here? Well, this is, I think, the beginning. <laughs> now yeah. now th this is a question though yeah which beginning is this ah good question and this is where i think a lot of people get hung up because you know some people want to think that in, in taking it overly literalistic uh that the whole universe was made um when the genesis chapter you know chapter one here is and and that's not what the bible's saying because the bible's also crystal clear that there was a plan for salvation from uh, from everlasting that God, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit existed from all eternity. So we know there was something before there was a beginning because we have a creator who creates. And so there, we go. there had to be something before the creation itself of this earth. So so this in the beginning is in the beginning of earth's making, right? Yeah, at least in, in terms of some kind of usable form that there is life on earth the story of life on this planet okay okay so so that's a deeper truth there which mm -hmm. is that god had a beginning before earth was made yeah okay all right now what other deep truths uh, do we see here well uh we also see the word uh, created which uh in the hebrew is which is why we teach it here you know is bara and that's a very uh, a meaning that is just uh, a word that is pregnant with meaning in terms of 
something, creating something out of out of nothing, really. And and so God is actually creating life out of just by virtue of Him being God. You know, you you bring up a, a point there because some people believe that God created, but He first started off with let's just say uh, something that had form, and He just added onto it, but. What we see here, that word, like you said, that is pregnant with meaning, is actually he had the power to create something from nothing. He was able yeah. to speak things into existence because that's the power he has. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, our listeners, you know, there's a lot of debate among Christians uh, as to was there something here on this earth? Um, it does say without shape and void. Yeah. Uh, so there probably was something actually that was here. But the what we're really after and what the Bible's after is it's talking about life. And specifically, we're going to get to human life. But but how did life occur? Because we see lots of planets in the universe. We go look up in the sky. We're just going through the Pathfinder Honor on astronomy, you know. Yeah, I saw and, that. And, uh, you know, you look up into the sky, all these planets that we can see. And distant stars, even, yeah. and there's no life on them. Yeah, it's tr- it's very true. And so we see the power of God there in that word bara, yeah. and we see that He was in the beginning, but He was even before our beginning, right? Yeah. So it's very important to know that. Absolutely. And then, and then it gets into John chapter one, one through three, and I already read one through four uh, earlier. Uh, so Michael, do you mind uh, reading for us Hebrews chapter one, verses one and two? Got you covered here. All right, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the worlds. Oh, so who was the agent of creation, right? Well, I I think we got it here. Um, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, one important aspect, though, I, I like to make is, as you can see here, you can see that all parts of the Godhead had a part to do in creation. Yeah. But the agent through creation, it uh, says here in John chapter 1, you know, it says he was in the beginning with God and and things uh, and th- all things were made through him. So he was the agent, but all three, were, I believe, were present. And we can see it scripturally were present at creation. You know, it's interesting throughout Christian history, some people have doubted either the full divinity or the full humanity of Jesus. And yeah. scripture is abundantly clear on both. But this is one of those texts that makes it very clear that Jesus was fully God because only God could create. Yeah. And and that's the that's the power you're talking about in Barah. Mm-hmm. I don't have the power to create. I, I don't. I can manufacture, I can manipulate, I can I can shape things, but I can't create. And God has that power, and Jesus is God. And so, therefore, he had the power to create. You know, it reminds me, because all the stay-at-home orders with the COVID-19, one of the favorite things my kids and I uh, enjoy doing together is Legos, right? Yes, Isn't it same fun? here. Uh, just make something, use your imagination, make all kinds of different things. And again, another Pathfinder honor, I guess that's kind of a... A theme in our house right now. <laughs> and there's even a Lego Pathfinder honor. Who knew? Oh wow! <laughs> and and you can make some Bible scenes. So if you're looking for something cool to do on Sabbath, work on that Lego honor. Make some Bible stuff from Legos, and uh, it's fun to make something. But at the end of the day, those Legos are just pieces of plastic. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you can't bring them to life. No. Be really cool if we could, but we can't. It would be. <laughs> and and the Legos are fun for everyone until you step on them at you know midnight when well, you're trying to get a glass of water. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that happens to you too. Yes, it does. <laughs> All right. So now we're on to the days of creation. Mm. And uh, we read Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Do you mind reading verses uh, 3 through 5 for us, Michael? Gotcha. Let me just... Uh, all right. Continue on. It says, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And so the evening and the morning were... The first day. Okay. And then, the, uh, because we're going to be getting to this a little bit more in Tuesday's lesson, I'm going to go ahead and read Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and resteth the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath, the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And so it, it asks this question, how is the term day uh, used in these contexts? Well, in the Hebrew, and there's even a reference to this, there's the word yom. yom. And, and basically that's just a literal, as we would say, 24-hour day. You know, the sun rises, the sun sets. It's what we think of as a typical day. And so the Hebrew here seems to be very clear that, you know, God is describing literal days upon which he actually created this earth. Ah, so... These weren't millions of years stretched out, according to the Bible text? Well, and, there, and there's no indication that this is kind of prophetic language. You get to Daniel and Revelation where there's uh, language that is very clear, lots of symbols and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, we have animals and we have even people. These are not symbols of something else. These are actual things God made. So we're not using prophetic language. So it's not like the day is a thousand years, that kind of thing. Uh, it's very clear God's literally describing how the earth and life on this earth, how things got started. And so these are actual days. That's what the language, that's what the Hebrew makes abundantly clear. Okay. Well, I think that that answers that uh, question perfectly, that this was a literal uh, seven-day week mm -hmm. that God had in creation. And that's what we uh, firmly believe as Seventh-day Adventists. We do, and, yeah. and it has a lot of implications. That's why we're taking two weeks to actually kind of unpack this a bit, because theologically and for the meaning of life, or for life for you and me, individual lives as well as collectively, there's just so many far-reaching implications. So if this suddenly becomes symbolic, well, then what does that do to the meaning of all those other things that God invested meaning through the story of creation so let's not say that we understand everything perfectly. No, no, we don't. You know, there's all kinds of questions, um, the geologic record, all of those kinds of things. And by the way, we should even admit that, you know, uh, that has changed over time. There's been the flood, all of those things. And, yeah. and do I have answers for every single one of those? No. But what I think scripture is very crystal clear is uh, in, in the Bible, you know, the biblical record is we have meaning through God creating us, actually creating us, not some metaphysical or metaphorical language that's being used. He says, I, I really made you, and therefore 
as human beings and life on this planet has special significance. You know, I, I really enjoyed our time a couple of weeks ago with Cliff Goldstein. Yeah. And he, he said something that, you know, simple but is profound, which is, you know, there comes a time where, yes, logic has its place and reason has its place, but there's points where we need to take the Bible at face value. And when the Bible is saying something, we need to take that as the foundation of our reason, of our logic. And so some people have, have used logic to, to get out of Scripture. But no, we need to, uh, as a foundation of our logic, have the base of, of Scripture. Yeah, I love it because, you know, you know, this is why we have Scripture. Yeah. is God wants us, us to know through divine revelation I mean, there's lots of ways that we know truth. Um, that's what we, in philosophy, use this fancy word epistemology. What is true, right? Yeah. This, this, and, and, and so God says, well, some things you can know around you, but some things you need to actually, I, I'm going to have to tell you. And so we know some epistemological truths, some basic truths of life through God's revelation to us. That's why we have this record for us. Ah, I love it. So let's let's go on to now the sabbath and creation now we mm -hmm. read exodus 20 8 through 11 but let's go into a little bit of genesis chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 all right well just moving over slightly yeah and as you're getting there i would i like to mention mark chapter 2 verse 27 as as well we're going to get there in a second go ahead michael all right genesis 2 verses 1 through 3 thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished and on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, uh, which he had done. And then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Ah, you know, so we see there, there's a rest, there was a break, there was a stop. We already signified and, 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 and shown that this is a seven-day literal week, and then on the seventh day, he rested. Uh, why did he rest? Well, I, certainly not because God needed to rest. It's, it's not because he's tired and worn out. <laughs> and, you know, it's not like the, the, for the same reason that I look forward to Sabbath sometimes because I'm just exhausted. Yes. You know, it's great to have that, that rest, uh, just let... It's true. Your guard down and, and get a good night's sleep and, and everything else. But but I think God actually here is uh, trying to set an example. And, and this is where I think uh, a lot of people lose track of the Sabbath because people start computing it down into, you know, a, a literal period of time, which you can or can't do certain things. And, and the reason I think God actually rested himself is... God's saying it's more than just a period of time. It's about a relationship. Uh, and so he says, I want to have a relationship with my creation. Well, you know, it gets uh, it gets to that point when it asks this question. It says, how is this tied to the three angels' message? And so Mark 2, 27 is talking when Jesus says the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath, right? So you hit on that aspect. It's not just about do's and don'ts. It's a little bit more than that. And it ties it into Revelation chapter 14, verse 7. Sing with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and, and, and earth, the sea and the springs of water. And so we see right then and there the relational aspect by us honoring the Sabbath, we are actually entering that wonderful sacred time of relationship with God and worship to him. You know, I think God's people at the very end of time will have the clearest understanding of God's character and his love, a revelation of who God really is, you know, yeah. and 
And so at the end of time, uh, that's, you know, the, the, the Revelation 14, it's all about preaching or proclaiming the everlasting gospel. That's, to me, that's what the everlasting gospel is, is yeah. God's, God's goodness, his character. And so at the very, very end of time, as God's people are doing that, they also have a true and correct understanding of the Sabbath. Not only do they keep the correct day, which is what we as Adventists like to focus on, yeah. but even more than that, they have that relational understanding of the Sabbath in right relationship with God. And so they're so in love with God that they couldn't imagine keeping any other day just because <laughs> that day is so important for them in their relationship with him. No, it, it's so true, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, the way I like to explain it to uh, some of our students is, you know, God, if my wife calls me and says, hey, let's have a date day at Olive Garden Tuesday at, at 7 o'clock, and then I show up on at Wednesday at 7 o'clock, I'm like, hey, where are you at? And she's like, where were you? <laughs> <laughs> and then, let's say I do show up Tuesday at 7, but I'm on my cell phone the entire time. I don't oh. even talk to her, oh. right? So there's this actual intentional time. Yes, there's a 24 literal time and period, but then there's actual engagement with God and yeah. speaking with him and com communing with him. Well, and I think our listeners can probably empathize. You know, my wife and I, we have a rule, turn the cell phones off when we're on a date. Yes, sir. I've uh, got to focus and, and not be distracted. And I think that's what all these other things don't do these things because God just doesn't want us to be distracted. Yes. And he, he loves us. He wants to spend that time with us. So uh, you and I both made references to our wonderful marriages and to our wives. Mm -hmm. And so creation and marriage... Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 28, and then I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and read Genesis chapter 2. You'll go there, Michael. Sure, gotcha. Verses 26 to 28. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Oh, okay. And then Genesis two eighteen and then 21 through 24 says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And then at 21 through 24 says, And God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Uh, and then finishes up here. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Wow. Well, here we have the first marriage, huh? Yeah. It says, what do these texts teach us about God's ideal for marriage? Well, again, I think there's several different things that we can get into here. Obviously, at the very beginning, uh, we have a man and a woman, and God creates them as equals. I think that's really important. A lot of people miss this point. Uh, of course, later on, uh, and other biblical texts need to be understood in the light of this original creation story where God creates. And, and, and with Eve, he doesn't take something from the top or the bottom. He takes it right from the middle. Yeah. It's symbolizing, again, that equality. 
So the, the, the sons of, of Adam, the daughters of Eve, there's an equality that is there that is described. The other thing that's kind of interesting is I, I notice that some people will take certain phrases in the Bible and try to assert based on that. And, and one of the things that's noticeable, let us make man in our image. Does that mean only men are made in God's image? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think that's really important. People need to see that there's a duality. The the male and the female both reflect the image of God just in the same way that in the New Testament it talks about Christ's church being the bride in very feminine terms or the 10 virgins. Those are women, right? Who describe the people of God at various times and places. Yes. And we would like to assume I hope Buster that that could possibly also include men since we're both men uh, and so uh, these are are terms that are intended to be inclusive in terms of how they're referencing and so here we have male and female there's an equality um, and this really is the first marriage marriage has meaning uh, in relationship just yeah, as the Sabbath does. does you know uh, so to, to combat that idea that only man is creating the image of God if you keep reading, you'll find the answers. Genesis chapter 5, verse 1. Mm -hmm. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In that day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created created them male and female and mm. blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. So he made both male and female in his image. And so it's important to know that. Yeah. So both have value. Both reflect the character of God. And, you know, I think... You know, we tend to think of the, the Trinity, how in order for there to be love, there has to be someone loved. Yes. And so th there's always been the three. And the same thing's true with marriage. The marriage is a Trinity because you have the husband, the wife, and you have God at the center. Again, you have sort of this three-person Trinity through which the this is what marriage is about. It's, it's not even a duality. It takes all three. God yeah. institutes marriage. God's there at the very beginning of the first marriage. takes God the man and the woman, the three together to make a marriage work. The foundation that's there. Mm -hmm. uh, so now let's go on to creation, the fall and the cross. And it says, what happened to God's perfect creation? Well, this is the story we don't like, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and this deals with the whole uh, issue of sin and the problem of evil. And we want to give a shout out to uh, Michael Gibson and... Uh, his John, Johnny Johnny Wilzinski. All right, the two of them are doing a really awesome podcast. Uh, what's that podcast called, Buster? I, you know what? <laughs> we just talked about <laughs> right before. Uh, all right, it's on Anchor FM. Uh, Let me pull it up here. Okay, but uh, oh, here it is on 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 Spotify. Where's God? Yes, where's a God? Podcast. And so, if you want something really good that delves into a lot of these issues more in depth. And just give a shout out to our friends and say, hey, check out that podcast. But but that's dealing with this foundational issue of of evil. Why does sin and suffering exist in this world? And and the creation account not only tells us where God created us, but also tells us where the problem began. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I know there's a there's a big word that deals with this, and man still has not found the full answer. We still trust in God, which is theodicy. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we don't we don't know exactly the reason for all suffering, but we do know this: God is the source of love, and in that love, there's abundant patience, and there's also the freedom of choice. And True. man 
find that when given the choice, as we see here in the creation and the fall story, we find that man oftentimes makes wrong decisions, and God allows us to do so. And you have to ask yourself the question, is love really love if you don't have a choice? Ah, you know, I I never understood that concept even more than after I had kids. Right. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) this is so simple. Make this decision, right? And I I realized when I was their age, I made those same crazy decisions. But I learned from those mistakes, Mm -hmm. right? And I think in a sense that God is like that in that he is working towards an ultimate resolution, an ultimate goal, and that is the end of sin. And that's the message, the basic message of Scripture. Again, while we don't have all the answers, I'm not even sure that we're going to ever know the full extent of why evil exists, but uh, at least certainly not until the story's over and we can look back upon the whole salvation history and story of what's happened here on this earth. But until that time, we have enough evidence that we know clearly that God is love and God has a plan for us. And if possible, he hopes it's his desire for each of us to choose the gift of life, eternal life through him. You know, I, I love how this lesson ends on this, which is it, it asks this question. How do these teachings relate to theistic evolution? And, and one of the main ones there is Romans chapter five, verse 12 Therefore, just as through one man, uh, through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. I and I, I you know, I, I asked the question, I was like, where is the author trying to get with this? And then I, I realized it clicked for me that if we believe that it took millions of years for man to get where we are right now, mm-hmm. then this takes a salvation story and throws it out the window. Right. Uh, the very basis that God had a plan and he enacted on that plan. Uh, he he knew what was going to happen, but he also set into motion. Uh, Jesus dying on the cross shows us the very literal meaning of the week of creation, also the, the age of the earth uh, being, you know, roughly 6,000 years old yeah. and not millions of years old. Uh, it, it puts a perspective in on salvation for us. And for, for anyone who calls themselves a Christian, kind of throws out theistic evolution. Yeah, and by the way, let's bring it home just a little bit right now because we've got the COVID-19 pandemic and everything else going on, you know. And I've talked to some people like, you know, just let the people die that need to die and let's (laughs) move on. And and I I have a hard time with that, not not because I I realize there's a a very fair debate that needs to go on of of how business versus, you know, safety and everything yeah, else. That's, yeah. that's a, that's a challenging spot that a lot of, uh, and it's, it has political ramifications. So I'm not trying to make a political statement, no. but there is a biblical principle here. And I think that is absolutely crucial. And that is this, that all human life has value. Yes. And so while it may not be pleasant for me sometimes when I'm, I'm going out to the store or grocery shopping, I wear a mask, not, not for my own safety, but because I'm concerned about those around me. And so I want to make sure that if there was somebody that would be vulnerable. And so we take measures in our lives to show value. Social distancing, again, not, it's not because I'm worried about myself personally, but again, I'm worried about others because all human life has value. Um, the neighbor across the street who's elderly, um, that's yeah. a, a high risk person, right? Yeah. Um, I want to make sure that I've done everything I can within my ability to not expose them unnecessarily to this disease. Yeah. And, and, and Michael, I, I like to add on to that, which is all life has a value and it has equal value to ourselves. And that's yeah. how we have to view people. Mm-hmm. We've well, done it on the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. 
uh, to love your neighbors as you love yourself, to, to, to have a like-mindedness, not esteeming ourselves higher than others, but seeing others as equal. And if that's the case, uh, I need to treat others the way that I want to be treated uh, and the way I need to be treated. And therefore, we have to value human life. Why? Because God values human life. That's why we take these uh, precautions and safety measures. Uh, I don't have all the answers, but I know that I want to be cautious enough to make sure I protect those who are around me, whether they're my loved ones or they're my enemies. Uh, I need to protect them because God values their lives. And I want to I want to hit it home here just again a yeah, little bit let's more. Do it. I, I want to really push this here. Um, Ahmed Arbery. I'm not even sure if I'm saying his name quite correctly, but the yeah. jogger, you know, that yes, um, was attacked um, to me. I just had a sickness in my stomach when I heard about that. Yeah. Um, to think of the issue of here today, we would like to think that we're in a modern society that yeah. we still are struggling with these issues of, of race relations. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's very sad, you know, um, on social media, I posted, you know, uh, that day that was uh, supposed to be representative for his birthday, which I think is this uh, uh, February 23rd. Or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually went and ran uh, 2.23 miles, mm. and it was a it was a sad run for me because, mm. you know, I, I I just can't imagine that here in today's age this is what we're dealing with. But I realize it is what it is, and we're called to raise above yeah. and show you know across the color lines. We're called to rise above to to be brothers and sisters in arms, mm. and also be able to call out hate when you see it. Absolutely. So not just sit by the sidelines, but as Christians, if I'm hearing you right, Buster, that we have a moral obligation from creation that all human life, all human life has value, which means that we should not tolerate these kinds of things. We need to speak up against these kinds of injustices, would you say? Absolutely. And, 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 And I think it's important. I know some people might get upset with this. I don't care. If there was two African-American men that gunned down a, a person who was Caucasian because they're Caucasian, mm. I would be saying the same thing. And yeah. I think it's important to let the world know that. If it was two Caucasian, it, it, vitriol or hate, uh, it, doesn't have a, it doesn't have a color. But when we see it, we need to call it out in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I, I appreciate that so much because I want to strive for that heavenly kingdom. Absolutely. And we do that because we have meaning from the Genesis story of creation and to work as much as we can uh, to ameliorate that pain and suffering and discrimination, whether it's of race or gender or whatever it may be, that God calls us to a higher standard, a higher calling to work towards his kingdom. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, God is not, uh, he's not sad that he created you. Yeah. He, he's, he's not having second thoughts. Mm. He loves you. He wants to spend eternity with you. And creation shows that, showing that he had a plan, knowing that we're going to fail, and yet he still went through with it because we matter that much. Well, I think we've uh, covered a lot of territory here today, Buster. I think so. I think so. <laughs> uh, so part two, look, it's probably going to be a little bit shorter, but, but make sure you join us next week for part two. All right. Once again, this is uh, Sue. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. 
We love teaching with personable colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.